Hello, and welcome to Public Affairs, broadcast by WRBH right here in New Orleans. We cover all the topics that are relevant to us as a collective here in the city. And today, our episode is going to be um, part of our sort of longer series, uh, which is a discussion series on eye health. And today, I'm joined by Dr. Brendan Sumich. Hello. Hi. So today, we're going to be talking about dry eyes. Uh, And I have a feeling that this is going to be some useful information because I think this is this ailment is sort of becoming um, more and more relevant here in these screen the screen age. What do you think, Doctor? Completely agree. Completely. All right. Let's kind of start off. Why don't you tell us what dry eyes are? Well, I think dry eyes in general are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's not a very uh, complex diagnosis word, but um, however, the symptoms can range from something as simple as feeling dry to a lot of other unusual symptoms that patients don't always typically associate with dryness, which I would say is actually um, dry. A patient coming in to say that their eyes are dry is actually probably the least frequent thing that I actually hear from a patient who has dry eye disease. Wow, okay. Um, most of the time, people are coming in complaining of redness, burning, fatigue, strain. Okay, um, so you're saying they can't, qu- they, they can't quite they put it into words. They notice something's wrong with their eyes, right. but they can't. Okay, makes sense. And they will, so they will, so a history is very important with dry eye patients because I always try to elicit their symptoms as specifically as possible. And sometimes I will find that the if patients can't find the right, right words for it, mm-hmm. a lot of times that means they have dry eye because they know that something's wrong. They can't quite sense. say exactly. It might be just blurry vision or, language, or, or, yeah. or fluctuating vision hmm. um, or symptoms that are worse in the morning or worse at night um, or contact lens intolerance, things like that. And okay. those are kind of the buzzwords and things that I start to hear when I'm interviewing a patient before I look at their eyes. And um, that get me start thinking about dry as a, as a potential diagnosis. Okay. So when you say fluctuating vision, what do, what do you think? So um, patients will say that um, they will sit down and read a book. And they can read for 30 minutes, and then all of a sudden their vision gets blurry. And they have to take a break, and they have to go do something else, and then they have to come back later and get back to their book. Okay. When I hear those kinds of symptoms, um, or when they're driving, they will, you know, if they have to drive to the North Shore, and they're mm-hmm. driving across the lake, and they get halfway across the bridge, and all of a sudden, you know, the car in front of them starts getting blurry. So things okay. like that, that fluctuating vision is a very um, key phrase to me that makes me think about dry eye. Okay. So why don't you um, sort of take us through uh, just tears, how tears work in our eyes. How, how that yeah, so the body, um, the body makes uh, tears in our eyes, obviously, to keep the ocular surface uh, moisturized. Um, it's important for comfort, and, um, but it's also extremely important for your vision. The first thing that light hits as it enters our eye is the tear film. Hmm. And it actually plays a very important role in focusing that light and making sure that it's clear. Oh, really? Interesting. So if the tear film is not healthy, then you will have blurry vision. Um, mm-hmm. There are different glands in our eyes and our eyelids that produce the, the there's, there's different components in a, in a typical tear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's three main components. There's an oily layer on the outside okay. that helps prevent evaporation. There's a Ooh. aqueous layer in the middle that provides the, you know, the liquidy kind of part. Uh-huh. And then there's a mucus layer on the bottom, which helps keep the tears attached to the eyeball itself. Ooh. And if any three of those 
components or all three of them are not functioning properly, then your tear film will, will be unstable and that can help. Right. So if, the, if you're missing the oil, some of the oily that's parts, right. it'll evaporate off quicker. That's exactly right. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Um, so why don't you take us through some of the symptoms? Sure. I have a, kind of a list here. Yeah. So I mean, we kind of already mentioned a couple of them, but um, obviously dryness. So if your eyes feel gritty, sandy, um, you know, people who wear contact lenses may have difficulty removing them because their their contacts are sticking to their eye. Mm-hmm. Um, redness, uh, strain, um, tearing is actually strain. a very common dry eye symptom, which okay. sounds counterintuitive. And I tell this to patients all the time, and they'll come in and say, "My eyes are tearing constantly," and I'll tell them that they have dry eye, and they look at me, you know, quizzically, yeah, kind of like, <laughs> "No, that's not the problem. They're too wet." Um, but when we have dry eyes, and if our if we're making unhealthy tears mm-hmm. as the cause of the dry eye, then the tears we make aren't functioning properly, and they're they're not they're either going to evaporate too quickly, or they're just not going to stick to our eye like they should, and so our body tries to compensate by making more mm-hmm. and more and more, but it's only making more and more unhealthy tears, and so that that ends up giving oh, like a wetness sorry. tearing feeling. It's like we appreciate you. Yes. But yes. Wait. So you're talking about. Um, like the, uh, this happens to myself often, uh, where it'll just like a tear will just come out yes. of the corner of my eyes. People will be like, "Are you are you okay?" Exactly. And I'm like, I'm not crying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so that you know, so think about like when the wind blows across your face mm-hmm. and it hits your eyes, and you, it might cause you to tear. It's because it's probably drying out your eyes, and your body's reactively trying to make more tears to to, to, to look to, out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so extra tears. You said red. Oh, strings of mucus. So is that kind of like the stuff that would collect. Right, right. So um, if our tears, so like I said, there's different layers, right? There's oily layers, there's mucus layers in the tears. So if our body isn't making enough of the aqueous component, mm-hmm. component, the liquid part, then there might be an imbalance with too much mucus or too much mm-hmm. oil, which can lead to that, you know, kind of build up okay. um, in the corners of our eyes and things like that. So, um, yeah, I would say, but fluctuating vision is a, is a big one, and okay. that's a, and, and contact lens intolerance. So I, I, a lot of patients who wear contact lenses will come to me and say, um, you know, the morning I'm wearing my contacts, I'm fine, and then towards the middle of the afternoon, I, I get, you know, I, I feel like I have to take my contacts yeah. out. And that almost always is, dry, is dry eye. eye. Okay. Um, so now we've gone through some of the symptoms, um, you know, that you might be dealing with if you suspect that you have dry eyes. So what are some of, you kind of touched a little bit on the causes, um, but why don't you take us through a little more? I, I know I read, uh, sometimes if you, you know, have LASIK surgeries, yes. dry eyes could be a... Yeah, so prior refractive surgery, especially LASIK, um, is, can, well, it's a risk for developing dry eye afterwards. Um, when a LASIK flap is created in surgery, you create a, um, you have to lift the top portion of the cornea off Mm -hmm. and then put it back down at the end of the procedure. Mm -hmm. And just the act of doing that will sever some of the nerves in the cornea. And those nerves help us detect when our eyes are dry. Mm -hmm. And so if those nerves cannot function properly because of the prior LASIK, then it does, the body doesn't know to make more tears, and so those patients can develop wow. dry eye. Um, luckily, that's a pretty rare issue with okay, LASIK, but it is, it is good to know <laughs> beforehand. Um, a lot of systemic medications can contribute to dry eye, so especially blood pressure medications. You know, obviously, that's a very mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, common uh, 
systemic disease that a lot of people have to take medication for. Yeah. Um, things like diuretics will make you, um, you know, evacuate more fluid out of your body than you typically would otherwise. So, it, so would caffeine be included there? Or is that too? Not, um, not? You know, caffeine probably, probably yes, on a small scale. Yeah, small. Just okay. because you're, unless you're drinking, you know, ten cups of coffee yeah. a day, then maybe, maybe yeah, not. But on that millennial five iced coffee. A right. Day exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so diuretics and um, a lot of mood stabilizers, antidepressants, um, a lot of uh, antihistamines. So um, allergies are obviously very common in the South, Mm -hmm. um, especially in New Orleans and the surrounding area. Uh, And antihistamines will help people dry out their sinuses so they don't have a runny nose or congestion, but it will also dry out our eyes. Um, So there's a kind of a vicious cycle there between allergic eye disease and allergic um, sinus disease and developing dry eye. Um, any, and then, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier too, but um, screen, screen time. So yeah. anytime we're staring at a screen or something where we're not, um, we're focusing on something. So whether that's a computer screen, um, a highway road in front of us, um, a book in our lap, oh, okay. when we stare at something like that and we concentrate, our blink rate will actually decrease unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so if our eyes are open longer, then that gives the tear film more opportunity to evaporate. Okay. Which, um, you know, obviously we have a lot of office workers nowadays, and mm-hmm. so people sit in front of a computer yeah. for eight hours a day, and they're going to get fatigue and strain towards the end of the day, and mm-hmm. they come and complain about that, and I'm looking, I'm looking for dry eye in those yeah. patients. Yeah, that seems like a cul- common culprit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing you almost, you kind of want to a little bit touched on uh, how was it diagnosed, I guess. Well, symptoms, obviously, yeah. you know, big, <laughs> big role. Um, and then most... Most doctors should be able to diagnose dry eye with a basic eye, eye exam. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain uh, eye drops that we can put inside the eye. Um, obviously, we're looking for um, signs of actual dryness on the eye, but we also look at the, the eyelids to make sure that the glands that create the tears um, components, like the oily layers, mm-hmm. are functioning properly. Um, we will put certain dyes in the eye, these little strips mm-hmm. of dye that will highlight and stain. Um, the dry spots, and so Ooh. we can look at those as well under Fun. the microscope. I'm going to go look up a picture of that later. Yeah, and there are certain um, more uh, high-tech okay. d- devices that can kind of measure the concentration of certain proteins and things like that in oh, the tear yeah. film. Um, not every doctor's office has that. Yeah. Um, but Do we have any AI in, in here? I know, <sighs> not I know that I'm AI aware of. Diagnostics not that I'm aware of. All the yeah. these days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then so treatment, I'm sure there's some interesting treatment options. Right. There, so, right? you know, obviously we have to tailor the treatment to the cause. Okay. Um, in general, most patients will, uh, the first line treatment is just replenishing our own natural tears with artificial tears, which you can buy over the counter, mm-hmm. any drugstore, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, things like that. Um, typically by the contact lens section in the, uh, in the drugstore will also have the rewetting drops. Kinda. Yes, exactly. Ten to twenty different brands and different types of rewetting drops. Um, they all diff- have different ingredients, and they are marketed for different things. Um, I don't typically have a preference. I usually like to tell patients to find one that they like because I okay. know that they'll use it. So okay. if I tell them to use one and they don't like it, then they're not going to use, use it. it. Okay. So um, the the pharmaceutical companies are pretty good about bringing us samples of a lot of the teardrops mm-hmm. too. So sometimes I'll just give patients two, three different types of sample bottles and say, mm-hmm. try these out. If you like one, go to the drugstore and buy a full bottle of okay. it. Um, and the key thing with the tears is also to be... Um, 
consistent. So okay. a lot of people will only put the drops in when their eyes feel dry or oh, only when they okay. have the symptoms. But it actually works better if you are on a consistent schedule and you put them in two, three, four times a day, you know, every two, hmm. every four hours or so. And just even if they don't feel dry to put a drop in just to just, just to replenish that tear film okay. um, until it has it before it has a chance to really dry out. So, okay, um, you know, that's always the first line treatment, honestly. Um, then there are prescription eye drops. Mm-hmm. Um, so for certain um, diagnoses or if you have an inflammatory component to your dry eye disease, mm-hmm. um, things like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, um, Sjogren's syndrome, mm-hmm. these are different medical diagnoses that are autoimmune diseases and they can attack our tear um, oh, glands wow. and cause our tears to not um, be made properly. And those patients and others as well, but um, those specifically can benefit from certain prescription eye drops um, like Restasis, Zydra, um, and there's actually a third one that just came out within the last month called Sequa. Um, So they're all artificial tears. Are there there any treatment options that are you know, trying to create more real tears. I don't know if that's a yes. thing. Okay. Yes. So, well, there's a couple um, options there, at least that I think are the most common ones. Uh, you can, for severe, severe dry eye, so things that are, these are patients that have failed all other treatments and are kind of looking for a, a last-ditch effort. Okay. Um, there's something called aut- autologous serum tears where we will draw blood Oh, out of whoa. you know a vein and, and then it's put into a centrifuge and spun down and you remove all of the red blood cells yeah. and the proteins and things like that the solid components of blood and what's left over is essentially plasma your essence <laughs> yes and you um, dilute that down with saline uh-huh. and put it into a droplet bottle and you can put those in your wow. tears in your eyes so that's 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 pretty extreme and that's yeah. that's very um it's very Rare, I would say like that we have said, to last kind of, effort, exactly. Yeah. And then there is a device that has probably been on the market for about a year, and it's going to sound a little strange, but let me explain. Excellent, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a it's a little box, and it has two little prongs on it, mm-hmm. and there's a button, and you put the prongs up your nose, <laughs> and yes. you press it forward, yes, okay. and you hit the button, and it delivers an electric shock, <gasps> and you can't feel it. It's okay. it's sub subclinical in terms okay. of how the voltage and it's not like you can actually yeah, yeah. it's not like sticking a fork in a you <laughs> yeah, know electric okay. socket or something like that but um the electric shock is distributed into your eye cavities wow. and it causes those tear glands to contract and it and it okay. basically squeezes all the juices out of them and causes you to to tear but it, but it's using Naturally, your own yeah. tears exactly so it's it's marketed as a non pharmaceutical way to treat dry eyes. So patients that don't want to bother with more medicine. You know, mm-hmm. there are you know a lot of patients who have dry eye around all these blood pressure medicines. Yeah. They don't want more medicine more or they don't yeah. want to pay for more medicine or you know that can or sometimes insurance will cover the dry eye drops or for whatever reason it may be. Gotcha. Um, they have this device. Now I can honestly say I've never actually prescribed one or <laughs> okay. have a patient that What's used the name one. Of it, but... Um you know I'm drawing a complete blank right now but um Yeah, yeah. So there are, are, and and I and I think um, another, probably the more common way that I will treat patients without drops is something called punctal plugs, which Mm. is very common. I I do do this every day in my office. We have two little holes on our upper eyelid and our lower eyelid in both eyes. They're called Mm. puncta, and the tears wash across our eye, 
and they drain into these little holes and they're connected to a drainage system in our, our nasal cavity called the lacrimal drainage system. Mm -hmm. And the tears, so when you cry and your mm -hmm. nose runs, it's because the tears are coming mm -hmm. into your nose and coming out of your nose. Pesky uh, yes. connection there. So um, it's basically the drainage device of the tears inside of our eyes. Mm -hmm. And so we put tiny little plugs in the puncta on the bottom on both sides, and that's why they're called punctal plugs. And yeah. so they don't actually make you make more tears, they just let you keep the tears that you do make on your eye longer. Gotcha. Um, and it's, an, it's a nice, um, it's an office procedure. It, it takes five minutes, it, it doesn't hurt. We do it at the microscope in the office. Um, patients will come in, they'll have them placed, and then they go home, they can forget about them. So it's wow. just, it's a, it's a treatment that you don't have to maintain. Um, at least patient doesn't have to do yeah, anything every day at home. That sounds very convenient as opposed to, you know, yes. being on a tier there's, eye drop schedule. There's two main types. There's uh, silicone ones that are quote-unquote permanent mm -hmm. and that they just, you place them in as long as they stay there, then they'll always be there. Um, and then there are, are non-permanent dissolvable plugs. Okay typically made out of collagen, um, and they'll slowly dissolve over about six months, and then you come in and you have them replaced again. Okay. I tend to like the uh, dissolvable ones. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're a little easier to place, number one. Um, they, the fit isn't as important, so the, the silicone ones have to, be, have to fit just perfect okay. or else they'll pop out a um, lot, and that, that sometimes takes a lot of trial and error yeah. to get that right. Um, and the patients, in my opinion, just tend to tolerate the collagen dissolvable ones much easier and much better. Okay. Um, and I, 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 like to, I, I like to put those in, especially in contact lens wearers who have, excuse me, have mm -hmm. um, fatigue towards the end of the afternoon and I put mm. those plugs in and they can wear their contacts all day again and they're very appreciative and they, they So know. interesting, I'm a contact wearer and then I get a yeah, yeah. tons of issues with dry eyes, yes. I've never heard of this, yes. okay? Um, <clears throat> so another thing we had sort of mentioned uh, with the symptoms and the causes were, if are there certain groups maybe that have a particularly high risk uh, status, you know, for any Occupational hazards, and you mentioned maybe like a truck driver. Yes, or exactly. So, so office workers, truck drivers, okay. you know, people who are staring at screens or driveway or roadways um, all day. Um, we talked about this off air earlier too, but people who, um, if you sit at a desk all day and you also have a fan blowing on your face or you have an air vent over right your head, vent, yeah. exactly, or in, at least in New Orleans area or in Louisiana and the South in general, when it's hot in the summer and we get in our car, we turn our car on, the first thing we do is we crank our AC up and we aim those vents at our face. Yeah. And you leave them there, you know, mm -hmm. for the duration of your drive. Um, in general, I would say postmenopausal women will also be at higher risk um, as the those estrogen levels drop and decrease, it dries our eyes out. Mm -hmm. um, contact lens wearers, we've already talked about that quite yeah. a bit. Um, people who have other Autoimmune diseases, like we also mentioned earlier, rheumatoid okay, arthritis yeah. is a very common one. Um, sarcoidosis, lupus, Sjogren's okay. syndrome. And those are kind of rising too, right? I've read that autoimmune diseases yes, just in general are right. on the rise. And, and, and whether they're actually on the rise or we're just better at diagnosing them now is, you know, we're, point, we're just yeah. catching more of them point, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, people who have other eye issues or have had prior eye surgery like LASIK, okay. um, people who have blepharitis, which is inflammation of the eyelids, and that's where some of those Ooh. oil glands are. So if yeah. the lids are inflamed and the oil glands are in the eyelid, then those um, hmm. those glands are also going to be inflamed and not produce good oils, which okay. will affect the tear film. So Okay. Um, and so I guess there's no 
a lot of these eye uh, syndromes that we've talked about in the past, they'll have a certain ethnic risk factors, but I guess that doesn't quite come into play here. More, more um, in general, no. I, I don't tend to see... Now, the studies may say something differently, but mm-hmm. in general, I don't really consider ethnicity yeah, this, a risk factor. Kind of, yeah. um, it's really, for me, it's all about the symptoms and the exam. And, you know, gotcha. so if you're, you know. So let's uh, maybe cover some tips sure. to sort of, um, I know when Dr. Lena was here, she mentioned, you know, if you're reading for an extended amount of time, something as simple as looking away and blinking every hour. Exactly. So. Yeah. So we have something that we like to call the 20-20-20 rule is um, if you're reading or doing something where you're focusing on something every 20 minutes, take a 20-second break and look 20 feet away. Okay. So you just, you know, take a break, look out, look at the horizon, look across the room, close your eyes, you know, yeah. just relax. You set a timer. <laughs> exactly. Um, just to take breaks. I mean, that, yeah. you know, in general, that's a, that I think is a good um it sounds so simple, but tip. that's one of those things yes. that would be so you can see how people would kind of forget to do yeah. that. Another one that them. people don't think about too is fans over their bed at night. So okay. a lot of people have to sleep with a fan on. And even though our eyes are closed while we're sleeping, there is a slight, slight gap in between, you know, minuscule gap. Oh. You can't even see it between our eyelids. And the flow of air across our eyes at night will actually pull the moisture out. And wow. so a lot of people will wake up in the morning and say, my eyes are irritated, they're red every morning, and it takes a couple hours and they finally feel better later. It's because once they get up and they're moving around and yeah. blinking, they're rehydrating their eye. But fans wow. at night are a big ones. So, so maybe kind of aim it away from direct. Well, what I try to, and if, you, if your fan is directly over your bed, mm-hmm. I mean, it's either on or off. Yeah. But um, I tell people to maybe get like a tower fan that you can buy at oh, Bed yeah. Bath & Beyond or mm-hmm. something like that and just aim it across your legs. And so it's blowing across the bottom oh, half okay. of the bed and not across your face. Um, nice. You know, being being good with contact lenses if you're a contact mm-hmm. lens wearer. Um, drinking more water, just staying just hydrated. Water. Um, Man, that's like the pro tip uh, right. for no matter exactly. what your ailment is, exactly. right? Just that, that agua. And obviously we can't stop some medications, you know, if you mm-hmm. need blood pressure medication to control your blood pressure, but just knowing that that could be a potential um, exacerbator of your eye issues, this helps link those things. And, and, and just knowing that Patients will maybe be more diligent with the artificial tears and things like that. So gotcha. um, another one is uh, omega-3 oils. Okay. So omega-3 supplements. oil supplementation is okay. um, does have some benefit in some patients. The studies are kind of iffy on this for mm-hmm. now. We They had some studies that were very pro omega-3 oils, and mm-hmm. recent studies have said maybe not as good as we yeah. thought it was. Probably paid for by the, right. by, the, by the vitamin manufacturers. Yes, but um, the omega-3 oils, when you ingest them, they will get into the oil glands in our eyes through our bloodstream, and you will create better oil okay. for your tears, which will create better eyelid um, artificial, or excuse me, uh, tear stability. Okay. So, um, you know, that's something that some patients like to What about to like a humidifier? Yeah, sure. Like yeah. Okay. So I, I think for like severe dry eye, um, you can either have a humidifier in your bedroom at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Some people will sleep with something called uh, moisture goggles on. So it's it, Whoa, you know, basically like, like, like pool, pool goggles <laughs> that just keep the moisture, you know, the humidity in the, wow. in the immediate area around your eyes. Locked in overnight. So, learn some cool terms: moisture goggles and yes. tear films. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so, any, any, any other kind of uh, maybe hidden tips that people would forget about? Uh, um, I was, well, I was, I was trying to write them all down. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, um, 
if you go to your eye doctor and you're having some of these problems, so, I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a, a way to say this nicely, is that yeah. some doctors just don't look for dry eye as, mm-hmm. as maybe diligently as they should because they're, sure. and, and that, that's not a criticism of them, but mm-hmm. maybe they're more worried about your, your diabetes or your yeah. cataracts or things like that. So, um, but I think dry eye is a quality of life issue. And so yeah. it really does affect a lot of people's quality of life. And gotcha. so just make sure that they're, you know, really looking and ask specifically, do you think my eyes might be dry? Okay. And, like, so you mentioned like other things, it can kind of fall to the wayside. That's right. With, okay. That's right. You know, because no one's going to... I, maybe not no one, but yeah. <laughs> in general, dry eye is not a sight-threatening disease. Gotcha. So, you know, we're worried about the things that could, could cause sure. vision loss. Yeah, so um, you just got to be sure to, to mention, hey, yes. you know, I think I may have dry Okay, yes. that's, that's a good, really good tip for the audience to know. Um, so it looks like we're closing out here. Uh, and that was our show for today. Again, I was joined by Dr. Brendan Sumich from the uh, Kaplan Eye Clinic. And thank you for listening to Public Affairs on WRBH 88.3 FM. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. for more Public Affairs. And don't forget, you can listen at our website, wrbh.org, our SoundCloud archives, or you can stream it live from our official WRBH app.